Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Sponsored by Summer at SLU. Find your kids' best summer yet at St. Louis University. National Employee Appreciation Day. Sure is. What else is it today? Um, national. There were two other things, and I can't remember what they are now. Hot dog. No. No, it's not National Hot Dog. Uh, Hancock's birthday is National yep. Cold Cuts Day. That's right. On Sunday. And we've been getting a lot of texts about Brown Schwager. Oh, my God. Okay. Here's why we need you. Remember when I said, remember when I said, hey, take down this number. We're going to need you to call or text in. 314-944-1120 if you want to leave a voicemail. Mm-hmm. And just to call or text, 314-436-7900. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, here's why. It's National Pre- Employee Appreciation Day. And we want to hear what you appreciate about your fellow employees. And by what I mean by what you appreciate about them, it's really the worst quality that yeah. they have that <laughs> makes you want to pass out so we we've gotten several emails from like our boss's 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 boss the top guy yeah and also our boss's boss and his boss and you know just like the very top guy wants to express his heartfelt gratitude heartfelt gratitude to you Ranj, for your great work yes dedication that's right resilience yes and commitment correct thank you for what you do to lead us forward and to make a difference no problem that's from our like Super up there, boss. Yeah. Um, then our other boss said, because it's Employee Appreciation Day, we need to find our fellow employees mm-hmm. and tell them what they do mm-hmm. that makes them so great. Yes. So we thought we would tell them what makes them, what makes us want to die. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, it is like, a, what is look, the worst quality? One of the emails yeah. we got said this, and I think it's a very nice gesture. Yeah. It says, if you see somebody doing a good job, it's like if you see something, say something. Right. But if you see somebody doing a good job, tell them. Mm-hmm. And I do that all the time. That's why you were nominated for Mr. I, Positivity. I say all the time to people, hey, you're doing great. Mm-hmm. All the time. And it's totally sincere. Mm-hmm. But we think it would be fun yeah. for you to tell us a person at work, tell us about a person at work, that maybe you don't appreciate, but tell because us why. We don't need a name. We don't need a name. We don't need where you work. Don't tell us where you work. Unless you want to add those details. If you feel like it, go ahead. Like, like Bob. But you can tell us, hey, yeah. this person, let me tell you what this idiot does. Yeah. If you've got something like that, they take their shoes off at their desk. Oh! And their socks. And they cook fish every day in the microwave. Yes. Stuff like that. And here's here's how, this is our interpretation. Because we impre- appreciate employees, because we're employees, Mm-hmm. We want to have, we want to provide an avenue of catharsis for you. Yeah. Say, hey, I appreciate you. I am going to 
listen to something that bothers you because yeah. I care. So here's what bothers me about Trisha. <laughs> well, hold on a second. Oh, wait. Hold on a second. What? Are we already getting into it? I thought we were. Trisha, uh, who we talked with, Trisha Everding? Yeah. She, over in the on the FM side? Yeah. She runs a lot of the stations. She's 97.1? A, she's a boss. Yeah. Yeah. She's, a, she's great. She is a little bit of a know-it-all. She is a know-it-all. She walks around here. I know. And it, it, you can say anything, and she, she, you know what she is? She is the greatest example of, well, actually, <laughs> she's one of those people. Well, but how many well actually yeah. people do you know in your life? Aren't they the worst? They are. They are the worst. Um, one of my the biggest well actually guy that I know, he's he's Swiss. And I would always tell people, no, no, don't worry. He's not arrogant. He's Swiss. And that's what I would tell people. But I think he's just a well actually guy. But yeah, Trisha, really nice. I'm sure, you know, we all have our faults. She's a little bit of a know it all. How about long time? Uh, KMOXer, mm-hmm. producer, mm-hmm. Uh, host, uh, reporter, everything, Fred Bottomer. Oh. What about Fred? Okay, There's I, one thing about Fred I don't appreciate. And I think we both know what it is. It's all those damn folders. Man. This building is littered. Littered. With Manila folders that have, I, you know, from the 60s. You know how there are those commercials where you see the ducks stuck in the plastic from the soda cans and the seals that are choking on straws. That's us with Fred's folders. Yes. You could do a sad commercial about here's Amy struggling in the corner under a pile of manila folders. And you have those people who work for that oceanic uh, (laughs) organization rushing in with the scissors to cut the folders off of you so that you can be free. There are folders in drawers that I didn't even know we had. I know. And they're from the 80s. Yeah. It's unbelievable. There's I've no never way. seen anything like there it. There is no way. Here's what I think. I think it's a giant cover-up. Like, they found the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. They found the classified documents in Joe Biden's garage. You know why? Because when you only have 10 folders and they're all classified, you're going to find them. But what if you had 10 million folders mm-hmm. and 10 of them were classified? Guess what? You're never finding the classified documents. If the FBI, if, if Fred Bottomer was holding the classified documents and mm-hmm. the FBI came in here within 30 seconds, they go, oh, there it is. Yeah. It's right there. Because they're out in the open, too. Mm-hmm. They're not locked up. They're not anywhere. How about our news director, Beth Coglin? Oh. I got one for her. Yeah. Here's, here's what I don't appreciate, appreciate about Beth. Mm-hmm. She is rude. Oh. She is so rude. Would you say she that, says the meanest thing at the listen, worst possible time. One time. I okay. There are nice shorts now. And the business world since COVID has become a bit more casual. A little casual. Yeah. I have nice, what I consider to be appropriate length shorts that have a matching suit blazer. Right? I mean, this is this is as old fashioned as it gets. I bet you think you look Charles nice. Dickens had this outfit. I Charles thought I looked Dickens. nice. I walked in. And Beth looks at me and goes, oh, good to see we're allowing, allowing uh, Daisy Dukes in the office now. Are what? you going to go work at a car wash later? Did she say that? Yeah, she did. She said, I looked like I was getting ready to bend over at a car wash. <laughs> she did not say she that. She did. I'm not even joking. <laughs> that's, I got to tell you, that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm with her on that one. That's great. Yeah. Oh, Beth, come on. Yeah. How about Tom Ackerman? Oh, that guy. You, Tom, people think. They oh. think he's the greatest. You know what the problem with Tom Ackerman is? Mm-hmm. 
He is so nice to you. Yes, that's exactly To your right. face. Yes. That you know for a fact as soon as you walk away, he's doing the M's and the F's, <laughs> and he's... He's saying all kinds of stuff about you under his breath to himself because there's no way he could possibly be as nice as he pretends See, to be. I have a slightly different complaint against Tom. This guy, Mr. St. Louis, mm-hmm. he's here in the studio at what, I don't know, 3.30 in the morning. Right. Somehow he's also at Cardinal games and Blues games. Mm-hmm. He's calling basketball games. He's emceeing 75% of the events in town. He makes everyone else look bad. Look like a slacker. No question. It's kind of like, ugh. You know that one guy in class like who would raise his hand, knew the answers, messed up the curve? All of that. Yeah. Tom Ackerman makes everyone look like a slacker because somehow, I don't know if he's got a body double. That could be something that could be happening. I don't, I don't, don't understand how he's able to do everything that he does. Yeah. I and don't. he goes to Innsbruck. I think it's Adderall. How does he have time to get to Innsbruck? Yeah, he's always at Innsbruck. <laughs> I know. Taking the family I, to Innsbruck. I don't understand how Tom Ackerman is at every sporting event, emceeing every event. He's here at the studio, anchoring Total Information AM, doing sports, and gets to Innsbruck. This guy must never sleep. Also, I have uh, a similar uh, uh, lack of appreciation for uh, Rachel Zimmerman mm-hmm. with the Dave Glover show. Yeah. No way she can be that nice. Mm-mm. No, she. you know she's up to something. Yeah, she pretends to be nice. Well, although you do and did accuse her of having alcohol on the well, air. Well, it wasn't an accusation. I just, it looked like a seltzer. You thought she was having well a white claw at work. Well, it's the afternoon. She's not. I think actually that shows a lack, lack of being judgy on my part. It's not, oh, Amy's so judgy. It's, oh, maybe this is okay. Can I also tell you why I don't appreciate our boss, Steve Moore? I would love nothing more. Because he um, paired us together. And this is, every day with you Mm -hmm. is like a day in hell. (laughs) Actually, it's not that bad. It's like a day in prison. (laughs) Martha Stewart prison, though? No. Medium security. So it's it's not the I've worst been to ever. A medium security prison. I think this is more like the Martha Stewart prison. You think so? Yeah. Where the have you ever seen the movie My Blue Heaven with Steve Martin? Never even heard of it. Okay, he's a mobster and he mm-hmm. goes in witness protection, and so they put him in a small town, and he you know assimilates to the small town, but not really. Yeah. He's still that New York, hey, you know that whole thing, and uh, he goes to jail for something. I don't remember what, but he's a smooth talker, yeah. and they love him. So uh, his buddy goes to see him in jail, and he just. Opens the jail sort the cell, just yeah. slides the cell door and walks out. And the guy goes, "What kind of jail is this?" <laughs> That's the kind of jail yeah. that you're thinking of. No, mine's more medium security because I'm here with you every day. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Well, we already know. I don't know unless people miss this. What I can't stand about Kevin Wheeler. Mm. There is this little fridge in the the office oh, where we work because. Yeah. Ronj and I share an office with Andrew Stoles, the producer of the Dave Glover Show, and Kevin Wheeler on the Dave Glover Show. You may remember him. Yeah. And by the way, I don't appreciate that Andrew shows up to work so early because then we have to deal with him. That, oh. That's, a, that's another we'll, story. We'll get into that. Kevin Wheeler, there's a little mini fridge. Now, I have a little sandwich, maybe a little container with some chicken in it. Andrew brings his, you know, little sandwich or whatever it is. We both nicely put our food in the fridge, just very full of etiquette Mm -hmm. and care. Right. And then you get old Gumbo Hands Wheeler. What'd you call him? Gumbo Hands. Gumbo Hands? Gumby. Gumby. You know what Gumbo's soup. Gumbo is soup. (laughs) 
Go ahead. Go- <laughs> I think I was thinking like Dumbo and Gumby. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Gumby hands, Dumbo hands, Wheeler. Manhandles all of our food, shoves the chicken to the very back of the fridge where he puts in maybe seven to ten Mountain Dews and Gatorades. The last thing Dude, this he, guy needs is more processed liquid. He that man with caffeine in with it. Caffeine. That man has. And then I go in there and five the, Mountain Dews I'm like, a day. Where's my sandwich? Oh, it's smashed, crumpled up in a ball behind yeah. all of these Mountain Dews. It's frustrating. Are we getting people complaining about their coworkers? Or uh, a little actually, not really. But, here, <laughs> but we do have one person who yeah. texts this. And uh, look, the text line is always open to you mm-hmm. at three one four four three six seventy nine hundred. But we, this is not the kind of stuff we're looking for. Oh, I hate when this happens. This is embarrassing. This texter from a six three six says, "I can't believe there is a national cold cuts day. That's baloney." See, listen. See, on National Employee Appreciation Day, that's too, what they're. That's what they're. This doing. is the kind of stuff you're sending obviously, our way. Obviously, they don't appreciate us. No. Amy Marks, Cores, Chris Ranji. Do we appreciate Scott Jago? Love him. Well, he's coming in next. He'll tell us about what he has coming up this weekend, and it's good. One of them is, I think I'm going to feel bad, but also not feel bad, and we'll tell you why when we come back on KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, Chris and Amy show on KMOX, and it's Friday um, this weekend, always on Sunday mornings. Three good things in roaming St. Louis. Scott Jago from the newsroom. He's the person who does it, and we've got him today with us. Let's, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, where do you want to start? Well, let's talk about roaming St. Louis first. Sure. I went to the Soda Museum. Have you guys heard about this place? Didn't know we had one. Okay. Well, it just opened in December. It's on Main Street in St. Charles. It is also an arcade, like a vintage arcade. So in the basement, they have pinball machines and like oh, yeah. there's old baseball games and uh, shuffleboard and bowling games, all that kind of cool stuff. But the rest of the museum, several floors, is all memorabilia about soda, pop, which I learned where that name came where from. Where does it I'm come sure. from? Because everyone in Kansas City says pop. Right. But it's it comes from thing. an old bottle. Back in the early 1900s that had a strange kind of top on it, and you would pop it. It would make a sound, and that's where the name came from, pop. I didn't really know that until this expert. I would call him an expert in soda because he has thousands upon thousands of things from, like, Coca-Cola bottles dating back to the 1800s. He has the largest Coca-Cola toy truck collection in the entire world, (laughs) literally. but I know that like Coke, like the soda, Coke collecting uh, is a very big deal. This has got to be worth a lot of money. Some of these Coke, Coca-Cola antiques are ridiculous, thousands of dollars. Yeah, and he has, he has 35% of his personal collection, which he started when he was 10. He started this when he was 10. Wow. Uh, that was in 1984-ish. 
and um, he has 35% of his collection at the museum. The other 65% is in his house. Well, how much is at the museum? Thousands of things. So Three, when you walk worth. in, do you feel overwhelmed? I wouldn't say overwhelmed. Uh, it's just impressive. And then to know two-thirds of it isn't even in there? Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> it is. And it's it really is cool stuff. It, it's things like he has, like, old Max Headroom stuff from the 80s. Oh, yeah. Or, like... Uh, I saw this little Coke bottle with a 1982 North Carolina National Championship mm. thing on it. Michael Jordan. And, exactly. And I remember having that in my bedroom. Uh, wow. And it was just like a memory flooding back. And he, he, he said that's kind of what he likes about doing it is it just brings back all these memories. Also, for three good things. Yeah. You didn't, talking about music? Yeah. I've, I've got a lot of musical things going on in my head. Music, I love to do talk about music and play music Mm because it makes you feel good so i've got a lot of things going around in my head one thing was unfortunately my aunt passed away a few weeks ago and uh she made an album in 1981 and it's very obscure but i found a copy of it on the internet and i bought a little uh, portable record player so I could play it because for some reason in this radio station, I couldn't find a turntable that works. Uh, so I bought this, <laughs> this portable guy. record player and I played the, I was, it was so surreal playing this album and her voice was just gorgeous. I, I remember hearing it a long time ago, but it was just so cool. Didn't you have to kind of have some type of record deal? It wasn't easy to make an album in right. 1981 yeah, I mean, like it she is She had now. a producer and... Wow. It was on vinyl, and I found it, and I have a copy, and it's really cool. So I was also listening to some blues music and Eddie Van Halen, Eruption. I don't know. It's going to come together, I swear, before Sunday. (laughs) But the one thing, so what I was also looking at was child prodigies. Here we go. Child prodigies, right? Uh, And I stumbled upon this. Stripes and brides, Okay. All right. No, no, I don't know that it is. I, hold on. There's a really good part coming up here. Okay. Okay. Is it finally enough? Listen, I don't even know if we want to give her name. <laughs> no, no, don't well, give her name. Because you can't, she's all over the I internet. Know, but That's I can't. Why I, I don't this want to give her kid. name. She's eight. Yeah, she's no, eight. And I was looking for child prodigies music-wise. And, and well, then, that's but not this, one. No, she is not one. But she has gone viral. She's done the national anthem hundreds of times at pr- public performances. That was at the that's, Indiana Pacers game, right? This yeah. one we just played? And it went viral. 16 million views. Holy. And that's the thing. If this were one time, and maybe she was nervous and excited, and mm-hmm. then it didn't go as planned, you, your heart's like, oh, she tried. But she, her parents bring her to these things. Like you said, hundreds of events. She's sung the national anthem like this, and has almost like a Miss America pageant Uncle Sam dress. Dress that yeah, cute, that's a good way to describe like, it. American, like one-armed, sparkly, patriotic. You dress. know what this is? This is borderline child abuse. 
I mean, I, I don't. Like I, 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 but there's a whole segment of people who are saying, "Oh, it's so awesome! She's so patriotic." Yeah. And also, she's getting dragged by a lot of people I too. Know. Exactly. This so poor one kid. guy, a uh, talk show host, called her a narcissist. She's <laughs> eight. She's eight. Her parents, like, I blame her. I know I blame her parents because she is totally eating it up and she loves it. But when you're eight and you're singing, which is subjective, it's not objective like you're striking out on a baseball field, singing subjective, and you have all of these adults telling you you're great, that's the adult's fault. I agree with you. Yeah, and she's singing it very passionately, but also in some key that I don't think exists it's and just dragging the, the lyrics so badly that I just, yeah. it makes me cringe. And I don't know. I, I feel bad for her. I think it, her parents should, should be arrested. celebrate her because she's really brave. I yes. mean, getting out there all, but at the same yeah. time, it's like, really? Why do the, and the teams keep uh, giving her opportunities because they want the hits on <sighs> online. Cause I bet the Pacers haven't had 16 million views in their entire history. Woof. See, now that's gross. Like, if people know it's not great and she's going to get mock views and they're still posting it, like you said, the Pacers want that amount of views. I don't know. Well, let it just me, makes a very me so tough uncomfortable. Issue. Listen, uh, this weekend, Three Good Things and Roaming St. Louis. Let us know if there's an update and you find out if the parents have been arrested. Okay. <laughs> I will. I'll be on it. I'll be on it this weekend. Yeah. But Three Good Things, Roaming St. Louis, Sunday morning yep. with Scott Chagow. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, guys. It's the Chris and Amy show. We're going to check in to spring training. When we come back, Mike Claiborne. Do we appreciate him? We do. He's next on KMOX. Now the pitch. Wynn slashes that one down the right field line and gets down and is played on a roll by the right fielder, Thomas. Streaking into second with a double Mason win. The Cardinals have runners at second and third one out. It's the Chris and Amy show on KMOX, and it is Friday. It's after 1130, which means it's time to check in with our guy. Mike Claiborne is with us, and he joins us from Jupiter, Florida, where the Cardinals have spring training today. Uh, Grapefruit League play continues. They will take on the Mets just after 12 o'clock, and they've got Matthew Libertor starting today. Claibs, what's going on? All good. We're here at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium along with Matt Pollock. We'll have the game. We're streaming the game today for our listeners who want to tune in and if they get tired of you. Well, and uh, we're ready to go. That's uh, not should possible. Be a fun day. Mm. Them being tired of you? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's also it's National Employee Appreciation Day. Yeah. Klaibs, and so I did not know that. It right. is. Do you want to take back your comment? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna stay with it. If there's anybody you want to complain about at KMOX, you can. We've yeah. been we've been going off on people. We thought it would be really? good, yeah, a good catharsis to just kind of express and voice your complaints about fellow coworkers. So I'm sure there's a long line, a list of people who have something to say about the guy you're sitting across from. What the hell? Yeah, I know. Dave? <laughs> Why would you say that about Dave? He hasn't done anything to you. <laughs> no, Dave's not the problem. No. Yeah. Well. No There's nobody else in here, so no, you got to be a- Yeah, okay. You, you you play that card if you want to. <laughs> well, anyway, we're here at Roger Dean. A little overcast today, but it's a beautiful day. It's going to be in the 80s. Uh, we're going to have a nice crowd here as well. Uh, Matthew Libertor will get to start this afternoon for the Cardinals. What do you need to see from Matthew Libertor um, during spring before we get to the regular season to make you feel pretty comfortable about where he is? Better command. Uh 
you know, he has the tools. I don't think anybody would argue that. You know, his velocity is up. Uh, he just doesn't have the command he needs to have at this level uh, with consistency. And I think if he's able to narrow that down, then he's going to be part of this team. If not, then he'll start somewhere else. Because I think he's a guy that's fighting for a roster spot as we speak because when you look at the bullpen, I think we have the five guys we know are going to be there with Gonzalez and Helsley, uh, JoJo Romero, Kittredge, and um, Middleton. So there are three spots left, and there's a whole bunch of guys trying to compete for those three spots, and he's one of them. And I think he and Zach Thompson are competing for a spot, both left-handed pitchers who have the ability to also start. So he will decide his own fate. What do you think long-term for him? And I know it's sometimes difficult to project these things out, but are, but are we talking about him being a reliever in his career, or, or is there still an opportunity to start? That's a good question. Um, I think he's a bridge guy right now. He can start. He can relieve. Uh, but I think he's a guy that's still trying to find his way. I think if you ask him, he wants to be a starter, what pitcher doesn't want to be. And I think he's probably better suited for that. Uh, we saw him briefly out of the bullpen. He was reasonably effective, but at the end of the day, I think starting is probably more of his bailiwick than anything else. Sonny Gray is going to be the opening day guy. I think we all kind of figured he would be, and um, it's, it was made official earlier in the week. Sonny Gray, what he does in terms of being a, and I asked this question to, to Matt Pauley yesterday, um, within the National League, where do you think he ranks as number one starters go? Oh, he's a number one. Uh, well, I mean, I mean against other number the, ones in the National League. He's right there. Yeah. I mean, remember, he was a guy who finished second in the Cy Young balloting last year in the American League. He doesn't give up home. He only gave up eight home runs last year. I mean, he has great command. Um, I'd put him up against most of the other big guys in the game. Yeah, I, you know, he, he, didn't, he checks a lot of boxes for me. So, so we're looking at a a one two here, basically. Sonny Gray, Miles Michaelis. That's that's probably your 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 top two in the rotation. How comfortable are you with it? The closer we get to the regular season. Well, if Michaelis pitches like he did two years ago, we'll be okay. He pitches like he did last year, we're going to have a problem. Uh, and the problem with Miles last year, he's a strike thrower, so he's always in the zone but he was in the zone a little too much as far as location was concerned. Something I know he's been working on and the Cardinals have worked with him about it. And I think once he gets himself established in that vein, he'll be fine. What about Steven Matz and what the Cardinals are looking out of him this spring? Um, That's a great question that I don't have an answer for because he has yet to pitch on the big field. He and Lance Lynn have been throwing on the backfields, getting their work in. So we'll probably see him next week. But he is a wild card factor, Amy. Uh, He's going to be your fifth starter. And, you know, when healthy, he's been okay. The problem is he's not been healthy enough. He's he's had some injuries that have shut him down. And if they can just keep him in one piece, he might be the X factor for this ball club. This week it was made official that uh, that, um, uh, Brendan Donovan, uh, that Brandon Crawford is now a member of this team. And he's not going to play a ton unless there's a major injury of some kind. But – He's, you know, he's a former all-star. He's getting up there in age. He can be seen as somebody who's influential in a clubhouse. Where is his greatest value going to lie this year? Um, leadership. Been there, done that. Three-time world champion. Multiple gold glove winner. 
could have been the MVP two years ago. I mean, he, he checks a lot of boxes. Now, obviously, at 37, you don't know where you're getting, but he was hurt a lot last year, and he just never really recovered from that. But I think overall he's a guy that can certainly help you. Um, and the, the question is, can you have Brandon Crawford and Matt Carpenter on the same team? Both left-handed hitters, both guys at the end of the, their careers. Uh, Crawford's a little bit more versatile. Um, we haven't seen Carpenter have a good season in a Cardinal uniform in a long time. And, you know, we're hoping that that happens this year. But I don't know if you can keep both those guys on your roster. How, how much does the calculus change if, if Tommy Edmonds not available to start the year? Um, you're in good shape because Dylan Carlson can play center field. That's not an issue. Uh, now, can Dylan Carlson hit? That's a concern because he hasn't so far. It's early. And, but you have to hope that he can turn it around, especially from the left side. He's not been affected from the left side at all. And, uh, you know, that's that's a concern. You have a young man named Victor Scott that everybody likes around here. The question is, can you play him periodically? And the answer is no. He's a guy that has to play every day. So if Dylan Carlson falls flat on his face, then you're going to either see a guy named Michael Ciani or Victor Scott playing center field. Klaibs, you mentioned leadership, and we've talked a lot about the additions to the Cardinals lineup that are older, like a Lance Lynn, um, and how they're going to add to the clubhouse off the field as well as on the field. When it comes to leadership, I know leadership from players is different than leadership from coaches. How would you weight that or put the percentages when it comes to leadership, wisdom, that veteran voice on the team coming from a player versus coming from a coach? Well, it's, it's important. And, you know, the thing about leadership, it comes in different shades. And you have a guy like Lance Lynn who's going to lead because he's going to say something. You're going to have a guy in Kyle Gibson who will lead by what he does, example-wise. You'll have a guy in Sonny Gray that will be very frank and very upfront about it, and he'll find his time to say something, to do something, to be engaged. So if you're looking for guys that are going to stand on the table and give this rah-rah pep talk, that's probably not this crew. But they will make guys accountable and ask guys why instead of will you. And uh, it's, it's something that it's going to take time. But I want to make sure people understand. I don't want people to think that last year we had a bunch of guys that escaped from San Quentin, okay? A good, good group of guys. They were just young. And a lot of them just didn't know. So now they have more people here to insulate them with regard to understanding what it takes to be a, not just a baseball player, but a, a winning player, a Cardinal player. Those are the things they're trying to implement. And that was what was discussed during the offseason about them being so young and the veteran presence they have. You had Adam Wainwright, who's a starter, uh, a starting pitcher, and then you have uh, the two guys in, in Goldschmidt and Arenado. They're quieter, I would guess, with, within the, the environment of the clubhouse. They're not really those vocal, pull-a-guy-aside types, right? Right, so right. So that's... And, and they, you don't have to be. That's not up to them to decide to be that. Some guys naturally are that. Some guys are not. So how much do you think it helps to have players who are like that, who are starting position players? Because what, in my experience, even though you have Adam Wainwright, a lot of times the starting pitchers don't want to be that guy for the full team. 
They might feel that way with other pitchers, but they they feel like because they don't play every day, they don't really. It's not really their place to be a team leader. Do you find that no, to be no, the same right. thing? No, yeah, I agree because pitchers they have something in common with each other in preparation and just the way they play the game compared to a position player. And I think that's why a Brandon Crawford, Paul, um, Matt Carpenter, that's where they come into play, where they can kind of, you know, usher in the, the young players, the position players a little bit more. And so, you know, it, it's one of those things where you find some commonality somewhere. And I'll, I'll give you a couple other names of some guys who I think will evolve into a leadership role. I think Brendan Donovan is, is a leader right now, okay? And he's only been around for a couple, three years, but – the way he carries himself, the way he respects the game and the players, you can see he has some skill sets that are certainly going to be advantageous for him. All right, last question for you, and this is from the text line. Um, the The White Sox have been pretty adamant that uh, they would have to be blown away for a, a, for a deal to give up Dylan Cease, a starter, and a texter wants to know if it would even be potentially realistic for the Cardinals to go after him. I would say yes, but I think I have to hear what the price would be. Now, here's something that I think we all have to be careful of. When we don't get a player, and I'm just saying a team, not necessarily the Cardinals, and when the team doesn't get that player, and fans are like, well, why don't we get this guy? And then the, the team will say, well, they wanted this guy, this guy, and this guy. And, you know, and then you say, oh, we can't give those guys up. And I always kind of think sometimes that's a cop-out because I've seen this happen with teams in the past, and they use that excuse. So I think we have to hear what the pieces would be in return, what do they want, before we even start entertaining that thought. And, you know, you can come up with your own. Uh, we call it the Camel X trades. I was, I was talking with Frank Cusimano earlier today about back in the old days of Camel X, sports open line, people would call up and say, hey, why don't we trade – this bag of balls and this minor league guy, let's see if we can get Willie Mays. You know, I mean, it, those, those, those trades that don't necessarily make sense, but they sound good. So uh, going back to Cease, yeah, I'd like to have him. I'd find a spot for him. Uh, and, you know, he's one of those guys that probably needs a change of scenery. But then again, you can ask anybody playing for the White Sox. They all would like to have a change of scenery. <laughs> that's, that's not going well right now. <laughs> no. Yeah, you're right about that. All right. Claves, uh, have a good call today with Matt Pauley. Enjoy the game, and thank you for talking with us, and we will, we'll we'll visit with you next Friday. Yeah, wait. You know, you have to talk to somebody about doing the show from here at some point. You know, that's a but great... Yeah, we've already tried that. We did try that. You need to talk to somebody about us doing a show there. You have more sway than we do, mm-hmm. 100%. You know what? I'll, I'll leave something in the suggestion box. You know that one right there in the kitchen area? They've the lost a key. Can? There's no key for it. I think he's talking about the trash can. Yeah. No, no. I was thinking about the one in the box. Not, I didn't know they lost the key. Yeah. You can't get in there. All right. Well, we'll, we'll come up with a way to make it work. All right. Thanks, Klaibs. Have a great weekend. You guys take care. You too. Mike Claiborne. With us on KMOX, he and Matt Pauley. You can uh, listen to the game on the stream. Go to KMOX.com for the link. And, uh, yeah, so spring training baseball. We actually have spring training baseball on the air over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. You can listen in right here on KMOX. Lovely. Don't you love that baseball on the radio in the car? Oh, my gosh. I love baseball on the radio. I Last Saturday, the first game, I turned it on. It just sounds so good. It's the best. Mm, warms, Warms the soul. It's like a bowl of soup.
It really it's, it's like a bowl of soup. You know, you ever heard of Caitlin Clark? Yeah. She is unbelievable, and she's made a decision about her future. We'll tell you about that is when we come back on KMOX. Recovered by Gabby Marshall. Here comes Clark. How will she go for history? women's college basketball. Wow. In only ways that Caitlin can. Caitlin Clark, Iowa basketball star, is going to break that um, NCAA scoring record probably in a game over the weekend, which, by the way, Good luck getting tickets for less than like $500 because it is right now just looking at the secondary market tickets to see Iowa, Ohio State on Sunday. It's 12 o'clock game right now. What I'm seeing is the cheapest ticket is $463. I mean, we're looking at tickets that are a thousand, um, 700, 600, 1400 it's it's going to be very expensive and it this is all because of her yeah all because of her she is a prolific college basketball player um arguably the best in the history of women's college basketball and she is going to the WNBA. We got that news yesterday after the show was over. I think we did we talk about we, her a little bit during the one o'clock it, hour or and I'm honestly a bit surprised I I mean let me take that back. As someone who doesn't know a lot about basketball, I don't know a lot about women's basketball, the WNBA, but just as a generic sports fan, she's getting so much attention playing for Iowa. We know with NIL, she's making over a million dollars. I just thought, why not make that money, get that attention, have fun playing college basketball? Because my initial gut reaction was that she is potentially making more as a college athlete than she would in the WNBA. Here's the problem though. Well, the problem with the argument that she would make more money in college is that she will end up getting endorsement money. She'll end up getting Mm -hmm. social media um, influencer money because she has about 900,000 followers on Instagram. That's going to continue to grow. So she has a following She's going to end up making a serious amount of money in the WNBA. And clearly this has been calculated. Clearly she knows this. And I don't think that she would have made this decision had she not known that she was going to end up really cashing in on it. And I understand those arguments uh, because it sounds right. Mm -hmm. You know, the NIL money is really good if you're a a well-known name in college sports. And knowing that the salary in the WNBA is like nothing close to that. The salary is between $70,000 and $75,000. But she's going to make so much money in endorsements on top of it, and there will be no limit to what she can earn. Is there a limit right now with NIL? There are more regulations, and I still don't understand everything about name, image, and likeness. And it's, yeah, it is still very confusing, and it probably needs to be amended a little bit so that it is less confusing for people. But I think it's uh, she's going to end up cashing in in a big way when she gets out of this. And what year is Caitlin Clark? She is a junior. Okay. So she could come back for her senior season. And just, you know, when I think of women's basketball, I think of names like 
is it Lisa Leslie was yep. a big name, right? I remember when I was younger, she Candace was Parker. a big name. Yep. Why, other than breaking the record, and maybe it's the record alone, is there something different about Caitlin Clark, like the way she plays, or is it primarily just driven by the record that I feel like she's getting more attention than previous It's women's basketball it's players It's probably have? the record. It's um, And again, I haven't watched her as mm-hmm. closely, and I didn't watch Candace Parker play as closely, but... I, I I think it is the fact she is so far and away better than everybody on the mm-hmm. floor at any given moment. Yeah. And those other women were good and better than most players. Candace Parker was one of those. Um but but Clark appears to be so vastly better than everybody she plays. Is this against. like Michael Jordan at UNC? Would he, he, he was, have that? Uh kind of. Yeah. I mean he was clearly I think people knew he was going to be great. He didn't go number one overall in the draft, though. Hmm. Uh, By the way, uh, Chuck Grassley out of Iowa, Senator Grassley, said it is sad news for Hawks fans with Clark declaring for the draft. I love watching her play. Uh, Clark fans will live on no matter where she plays. And it looks like she'll end up with the Indiana fever. How about that? We'll recap the show and anything you missed coming up next on the Chris and Amy show on KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.